I understand now. Jey Uso has finally acknowledged Roman Reigns as the head of the table, as the tribal chief. That and coming up on this episode of Break It Down with Brian H., where I got an episode with my little brother. No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just going to keep you right where you're at right now. The Wrestling Realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode of Break It Down with Brian H. I'm your host, Brian H. Waters. This show, of course, if you do not know, is brought to you by the Wrestling Realm. And on today's guest, well, on today's episode, today's guest is the one and only he's been here before. And you know what that means when he comes in the building, be not just because his birthday is just a few days away, but it's simply always Steven season, folks. Steven Michael Thompson is here as we're gonna talk AEW and so much wrestling. What up, bro? How you feeling? What's up, man? Feels good to be back. I actually have not been on none of your platforms since the pandemic started. So we'll talk. I think I might I might cut a promo on you. Oh, halfway through this episode, because I've been, <laughs> but it feels good to be here. Um, come a lot from New Jersey. I think the last time I was on your platform, I was in Marble Hall Gardens at the near the Lushies campus of Morgan State University, home of the True Orange Blue. Now, over here working full time, paying adult bills. A lot can happen in six months. Just ask Roman Reigns. A lot can happen in six months. <laughs> you certainly are your own tribal chief. I hope you ain't going to your dad telling him you're at the head of the table now. <laughs> oh, he'll kill me. He'll kill yeah. me. Hey, you know, you got to see, that's the one of the situations. You got to wait for him. Like, at the end of the Hell in the Cell match, you got to wait for him to give you the crown. You can't just be, you know, telling him you the crown, you the head of the chief, so. Nah, nah, I can't do that. I can't do that. But, um, you know, let's get right into it. Roman Reigns and Jay Uso this past well last Sunday Hell in the Cell, which led into uh not last Sunday as in this past Sunday. It's been a long week, folks. As we know, we're still in the middle of an election. Um, and I don't care what Vince McMahon, Chris Jericho, or any other of those DT supporters is Joe Biden all day. But now we got that out of the way. Uh Roman Reigns, and why is my TV on? Uh <laughs> Roman Reigns finally being acknowledged by Jay Uso. The storytelling, the storytelling in this from day one, Stephen, when Roman Reigns became WWE Universal Champion at Payback, did you think we was going to get this? What was your expectations that night when he became champion and we saw him with Paul Heyman? Um, seeing him with Paul Heyman, number one, was interesting because Paul Heyman, if you know Paul Heyman's history, he has managed a lot of people who run into each other. For example, early WCW days, before he was Undertaker, Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, Paulie, he was in Paulie's. And the fact that Brock Lesnar, another Paul Heyman guy, nearly 20 years later, over 20 years later, Blake's the street, big show. So Paul Heyman has history of working with similar guys. So of course, Brock and Roman has ran into each other. So seeing Paul, first off, and I'm a Paul Heyman stan. I love Paul Heyman. So I kind of play with Roman Reigns. He has a history of great promos, but we kind of grill him for not having Mike. Just not good mic skills. But you know who has good mic skills? Paul Heyman. So Paul Heyman coming out of nowhere saying, hey, yeah, Roman's back. Um, Yeah, he's going to be Universal Champion. In a way, he's, it was kind of funny to me seeing Roman Reigns just come back and pay back and just piss off fans. I think it was good stuff. 
Such good stuff, and I quote. So I think, you know, it was some rumblings on Twitter, especially with just a shortened roster. So of course, not the full roster, just due to COVID's not really working. So just knowing who was around, there was a lot of rumblings on the internet saying, oh, yeah, um, Jay Uso. The Usos and Roman potentially in the future, the Samoan bloodline, it could have been a storyline. So the fact that it's happening, it's kind of dope. It just connects to just a long lineage of good Samoan wrestlers. I think somebody just broke up one day. I want my grandsons and my great-great-grandsons and daughters to be pro wrestlers. And then, boom, pro wrestling. So overall, just looking at the whole scope of things, I love the storyline. But it was really, really interesting to see the way, pretty much the way it go. We're really seeing more of a colder side of Roman Reigns. The fact that he pretty much beat up on his cousin for over 35 minutes in a Hell to Cell match. Come on now. Great stuff. And even with the Usos, and I think probably in this era, probably one of the most underrated tag teams. We'll talk about AEW later. AEW has some of the best tag teams in the world. But of course, outside of the New Day, the Usos for years now have produced bangers, solo or not. So they kind of have Jay rock with Roma in a main event of just, you know, and just a made of a caliber match with Hell itself. Number one, it just shows how good the Usos are. And number two, it really shows how good Roman is. Because really, if the story is written right, Roman can really work with a lot of people. So the fact that it's on his own family, blood, but if you kind of put on turn on the kayfabe, the fact that they battled in the Hell in a Cell match, it's crazy. So overall, I'm a fan of the storyline. I really like what's going on. And yes, Jay Uso, after getting his butt whooped in front of his own brother and his own family, he finally understands now that Roman Reigns is the tribal chief and he will fall in line. Now, I thought falling in line mean, okay, cool, I'm about to kiss up. So you know those storylines. But falling in line is if, hey, it's the, if the head of the tribal chief, if the tribal chief is going to sit here and be ruthless, guess what I have to do? If I want to fall in line, I need to be ruthless with him. If he's my blood, he's, if he's taking off heads, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take off heads too. So really just such cap just shut just stuff just good stuff. You know I'm a fan. A, a lot of people were a little weary of Roman coming back as a heel. Here's a guy who defeated cancer and it's like, okay, so now you want us to boo him? But then you also had people like me who was excited because it was a side of Roman we hadn't seen before. And if you just look at him, right? When you just look at certain professional wrestlers, certain ones just can't be a heel, right? Like, you look at John Cena. As much as people want to see, see Cena turn heel, Cena turn heel, just looking at him, he doesn't look like a heel. Hulk Hogan didn't look like a heel. That's why he had to change his beard, because he had to look like a heel. You know, it's just certain people. To be honest with you, for the longest time, Bret Hart didn't look like a heel. And in truth be told, he really wasn't. Yeah, he was not. he was he's an anti-American, you know, but he was never um that that heel like Shawn Michaels. But when you look at Roman, he doesn't have you, you look at it, you're like, you know what? It might work. You know what I mean? So I was really excited to see this. Mustafa Ali. He had that small change, the small change to his hair. He looks like a heel now. He didn't at first. Uh, Cedric Alexander, the same way. Even though if you followed him, you've probably seen him have a heel run here or there. But for the longest time, the way he was presented, he put WWE. in Johnny Gargano. We love him in NXT. But mm -hmm. if you think about his time in Evolve and other places, he's been a heel. Candice yeah. Ray. Loved yeah, him pro wrestling gorilla. But I think just going on to your point, 
I think it's kind of crazy how the little things like facial hair or even Mustafa Ali, he smiled all the time. He stopped smiling. He just stares <laughs> at the main camera, puts his hand up, and now he's a heel. So like going Bailey. back, you, <laughs> I think that's probably the best example in probably the last mm-hmm. two to three years. Bailey just, hey, I want to hug everybody. Now, okay, cool. I will beat up my best friend in a Hell in a Cell match, and so mm-hmm. be it. So I think well, that's the beauty of wrestling, just seeing how little change can really just flip and even revitalize. Because let's be real, Roman Reigns, he was still wearing a lot of his shield gear. He still had the shield music, but now he's not wearing no more chest plate. He's wearing some cargo pants <laughs> and some boots. Best, man. <laughs> and he ha- he's having his own family member crown him at the top of the stage after he just beat his own blood. It's like, it's like basically two lions in the pack. And it's kind of it's also human nature. Like, think about lions. Like, they will fight by the end of the day. They'll still be cool, but whoever won, you know, you're you you head of the table. So just overall, just looking at Roman, just really, and even and I was I even tweeted a lot of times, you know, I disliked Roman Reigns' character, not because of Roman Reigns. Great company guy, great dad. Shout out to Georgia Tech. He played out Georgia Tech. Love Roman Reigns the person, but really just due to not even him, just the booking and writing of his character over the time. I did not like Roman, but I said to myself, this man just beat cancer. How can I in real life, Buame, who just beat cancer, and he's back in a ring. So really, up to that point of him coming back, I was like, okay, I can finally understand. It just shows at if the broader picture of how storytelling and writing still matters in 2020 as we go into Well, that's the thing. Wrestling, all storylines always will matter, you know. But with, like I said, with Roman, um, just that look, that just that when you when you look at a wrestler's mugshot, right? And you look at their profiles on WWE.com and you know nothing about them. Roman could look like he could be either way because he did try to have those serious faces. Like we brought up, I brought Bailey. The fact is when she cut her hair because she had the side ponytail and in NXT, Bailey had a connection with the little girls that nobody else had. Triple H went on record saying he didn't understand it. He didn't understand why his daughter's favorite wrestler was Bailey. But it's just some things you just don't understand. But what I see with Roman Reigns, I love it, especially due to the fact that you brought up something about uh, the Lions being cool. We always see the classic heel turn, right? I don't like you no more. I got tired of you. I'm jealous of you. We we bitter enemies. But in this case, it was a thing of, hey, I love you. However, you got to understand that I'm the big dog. So I I love where this is going. Now I want to see what happens with Jay. Will Roman, in your opinion, does Roman Reigns really accept the acceptance of the head of the table? And do they be on the same page? Or is Paul Heyman in his ear still constantly telling him that he's better and that Jay Uso always trying to prove himself but never being able to quite do it. I think Jay's going to fall in line. I think Paul Heyman is a Heyman guy. He's here for the money. He's here for stuff to come in, right? He's here to see things work. So if you just think about the mind of Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman wants an empire. Mm-hmm. He wants things. He wants as much as possible. I think that's what I miss about Bobby Brain Heenan. And it's is if you see scroll up in Roger Wrestling, you used to wonder why do Bobby Brain Heenan have like six guys at one time? I feel like what's cool about a wrestling manager, which is missing a generation. If you can work with more than one person at once and they're all winning across the board, 
it just shows how legitimate you are. So I feel like, you know, just the, the Roman, you know, Samoan bloodline. I think Jay, he will most definitely fall in line. And we will see a vicious, because I think the Usos, even with the Hero in a Cell match with um, the, New the New Day, Day. we've seen the Usos can be vicious, but for more of a cold, they talk a lot of trash. They, they kind of smooth with their trash talk and being lethal. But in this case, there is no trash talk after. There is no smiles. The Usos, no, 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 it's real. It's real. And I think just really just kind of seeing where this wanted to go, I think Jay will fall in line. Remember when they first came in, though? Also, yeah. when they first got there and they beat up the Heart Foundation with Tamina, they were vicious. And, and it just know, shows. They didn't have an identity yet, but they were definitely vicious. And it just shows over time, even Rock. Just, just if you just look at just history of Simone wrestlers in WWE, all of them, all of them, Rikishi, Yoko was Simone, but he, he was just you know at the end of the day, it just shows it just connects to the family. The Raw Samoans, goodness gracious, they killed people back in the day. Yeah. So it just shows it's just kind of like that historical standpoint. I mean, I'm a wrestling history nerd. It just shows you really they just have it just runs in the blood. And it finally took forever to get it out of Roman. So I feel like Roman, he's had violent matches, he's been vicious, but with Roman just being more strategically and systematically just completely rude and just really grinding down his people and kind of seeing Jay and when, when Jimmy comes back, just kind of fall in line. I think it's perfect. I think it's most definitely going to answer, answer your question. It's just really key with, you know, with the role to the Royal Rumble, everything that's going on. Cause I think, I think we know Daniel Bryan's coming up next, but you know, as the storyline goes on, how many people can really handle the stature of this whole situation. And just in terms of the storyline, it's just, you know, the pressure of stepping up to tribal chief Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, the head guy. Yep. Now let's talk. I was going to say I was coming to this later, but you brought up managers. I got to talk about it now. MVP, the hurt business. Looking at the work that he is doing, I mean, it. Um. First of all, shout out to him for earlier putting Chris Jericho in his place when Jericho tried to come on his uh, political stuff. Um, shout out to the crew at Black Wrestling. They gave Jericho the X. If you don't know, make sure you follow Black Wrestling and you'll see what the X means. I'm not going to get into it. That's their thing. So you got to check it out. But shout out to MVP. He is the MVP of Black wrestling culture right now. He's been helping a lot of guys get their footing. And what I mean is you look at Bobby Lashley. The last time Lashley was taken, as much as I cannot stand Leo Rush, as much as I can't stand him, I have to admit that was the most, the best part of Bobby Lashley's WWE career coming back was being paired with Leo Rush. But now he's gone to another level and he looks like he should be primed and ready to be WWE champion soon. Um, but you look at what MVP is doing and you see him managing. And, and that's the thing. Like you said, managing across the board. I'm, I got to ask you this. Are you on the Naomi train? Is Naomi the one or should they flip it and get somebody else? Um, Get her. I think um Bianca, she's gonna be with her. But husband. she's on SmackDown. She's on SmackDown, but just for just for the sake of it, because you know, just they just like throwing people all everywhere. I think Naomi really because I kind of feel like we it's something what's beautiful what's beautiful about Amanda. For example, a manager coming out, he deserves a title shot. I know he deserves a title shot, but a manager can say it so good and like I'll 
Yeah, he needs it because he said it. I think if you just have MP, MVP cut out a come out, cut a nice promo, have Naomi come out, and that's what's beautiful about MVP because you know he can still wrestle, he can still go, he's still fit. But one thing, um, that I like about MVP compared to Booker T because Booker T is side note, I don't like how he's talking about Sasha Banks. Be quiet, we're gonna get into that, we're gonna get into that later. But going back to the point of MVP, I think what's really beautiful about MVP, he's facilitating, he is pointing his finger and he's saying, Hey, Cedric, hey. Hey, um, even Shelton. Shelton now he can go. He can still go. But mm-hmm. Shelton's WWE career has a bit of, would have been on and off. So the fact that Shelton kind of has some guidance in terms of the storyline. So I just thought overall MVP, one of the MVPs of this year, high ironic, and just really when it comes to just what he's doing, mm-hmm. it's needed. I think Bobby, we take legitimate, I think we legitimately know Bobby Lasher can kill majority of the roster. He can really go. But he needs somebody in his corner. Cedric. Cedric was kind of good. And I, that's what was that's why I love a wrestling manager. Because a lot of wrestlers, they are great. They are good athletes. They can go, but they kind of get that one push. Mm-hmm. Think about it. On for historical, Andre Giant. Friends with Hulk Hogan. Took body brain Hanan. Hey, Andre, you can be better than him. Mm-hmm. It's simple. That's the beauty. And even, and I think MVP is so cool with it. And just sign, I'm just seeing a fun. Four black men dressed up in nicely tailored suits on a Monday night, especially what we've seen this year in society. It's good for me, who's almost 23 next week. I'm gonna plug that in right there and seeing, oh, yeah, I got four guys in nicely tailored suits coming out to the ring. The hurt business. I like this. This is something I will show my little cousin. I'm like, hey, those guys, MVP right there, Bobby Lashley, Cedric, Selton, they're, they're the guys. So, overall, I think what MVP is doing. It's needed been done for a while. We always, um, we always threw out the picture. What if it was a different version of the nation domination? And I think just from more of a flashy standpoint, more of a high quality prime fashion, this is kind of like, you know, the closest thing we've seen to the nation. Just in terms of four guys who could come down, legitimately beat somebody up and make it look good. So overall, yeah. big fan of MVP, big fan of her business. And I really, really cannot wait to see what they do next. Yeah. So you think they should get Naomi? Yeah, get her. I, I think that you know it, it, he's helping characters evolve. You know, um, you don't hear too much of this on the internet. You, you know, and granted, he is under the WWE wing as opposed to being independent. But that's the issue I have with Booker T. And uh, I will give a credit to the Black Wrestling Crew. They call him the gatekeeper. They also feel like Mark Henry's the gatekeeper, you know, and, and for those who do not know, for the non-black audience, it's like, all right, we're going to keep you in line because I had to go through this, you know, or I'm going to only keep you to a certain point, you know, uh, goodness knows Triple H was when he was wearing the big gold. Uh, and part of the reason why, like, as much as I look at the big gold title and I'm like, yeah, I know Triple H held it for such a long time, but man, he was annoying with it because you felt like he was holding talent down. And, and, and that's the thing I've been constantly getting on about Booker T. Like, you know, Stephen, what you and I have, if I see something you do online, and, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I will, yo, why don't you think about this? So why don't you think about that? And I post right there, take that down. <laughs> I'm not going to pick you up, pick up, get on my Twitter and start, oh, Stephen need to do this and Stephen need to do that. Nah, it's simple. Hey, man. And that's the issue I always have with him, with Sasha Banks, or with Naomi. And it's the thing people say, you young folks say, keep that same energy. 
You mean to tell me when you look at all these women's wrestlers, you mean to tell me Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, um, Mandy Rose, Zelina Vega, you mean to tell me all of them got it all together? You mean to tell me that all of them are doing everything perfect? No, but you don't never hear him talk about them. And people say, well, he asked. Okay, I understand Sasha's a big star. I understand at one point Naomi, you know, but he jumped out there. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, well, people say deserve, deserve. No, you know, Lacey Evans was boring last year and, and was, quite frankly, putting people to sleep in the early part of Becky Lynch's title reign. When she was teaming up with Baron Corbin, she was boring. But all of a sudden, nobody said anything. He said nothing about her. And they still trying to force her down our throats. You break up the Iconics, you know, you never said nothing about them. You never said nothing about Liv Morgan, who was really kind of lost in what she wanted to develop. But, oh, he always got something to say about Sasha Banks. You know. I know you said you wanted to touch on it. Go ahead. I think um, I just realized even with the four horsewomen, Naomi was on the main roster before they even showed up to the main roster. Well, yeah, so, obviously. But for years, Naomi has been waiting for her moment. Imagine Naomi versus Shasha. Naomi versus Shasha. She's had those opportunities, but you know, looking at Bailey's reign, over six hundred days combined as champion. Mm-hmm. Becky, we know about Becky. Charlotte. Now they've put the work in. But if you look at the WWE roster compared to other women's rosters, stacked roster. But if you remove the horsewomen, if you kind of remove, even remove Ronda, who do you have left that you can have a great storyline with and who can keep the butts in seats and really be able to tell a story? Exactly. And that's, it's weird because, you know, I've been, we've been having to NXT. We, I think over the last four to five years, even kind of having the evolution pay per view, which should have been consistent. But Stephanie, I'm gonna let you have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think WWE was kind of kind of falling back a little bit. I think we've seen probably WWE history the last four to five years, the best women's wrestling we've seen in the company. But I think really due to the pandemic, and also just last year, for example, Rhea Ripley. We're going to Naomi. Rhea Ripley destroyed by Charlotte. She has not been the same since. Naomi has kind of had those same opportunities, and she's never been given a chance to be consistent. So think about Naomi. Just think about really you know, what's going on, even with Sasha. Booker, you got to calm down, man. And I'm not trying to trash Booker T. But he yells he's a five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion. Booker, like, he won that towards the end of WCW. He, <laughs> now, I love, now, now, it was my second year Ross Rachel. I love the Booker T. I hated Booker T. He did his job well in 2006, but he was a transitional champion. He Did he win? He won the title from Mysterio, right? Are you, from saying, are you saying Booker T one was the Michael Jordan when all the older guys became old when Magic, when Larry, when the Pistons got old, then finally Michael could win the title? Now, I feel like Booker now. Booker <laughs> T in the late 90s. He was the guy. Now, I'm Booker T, he was great. Good. I'm wrestler. just starting stuff. I don't believe that. Just... <laughs> great wrestler. But in terms of historical context, Booker. You have not, I'm not, you have not made as, I think he's one of those guys, oh, I'm the, no, you have not made an impact, have you, that you thought you have. I think really when it comes to, and number two, if you're, it's kind of contradictory, if you're a wrestling trainer, if you have 
I forgot his name. Reality of wrestling in Houston. You're bringing guys in. You're doing what you need to do. Shouldn't you be, you know, proud that you have people of your skin tone succeeding? Because mm-hmm. even now, we still, AEW, other places, we still have black wrestlers not getting what they deserve. So, as much as even with the social context of this year, I just feel like to wrap it up. Booker T, you got to pipe that down. And also, yeah, okay, cool. You're a WWE legend, but, um, you're not the top of the top. You're great. Great history. Mm-hmm. Five times, five times. We love that. But overall, you know, you just can't hate on Sasha Banks. She is the top of the top. She has, you know, really, because Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, they bring it. The fact that, she, and now they, she's good too, but Sasha's had to fight for her spot. If we, we all know, I hope it doesn't happen again. Out of all the four horsewomen, she's had the least amount of days as champion. Mm-hmm. Have never defended her title and successfully after after the first win. And going back to Naomi, of course, people kind of criticize her butt bump move. And oh, yeah. at the end of the day, she's beautiful. Both of them very beautiful. Both of them can really wrestle. And no matter what, we can believe what they do. Yep. So just going back to just the whole Booker T and even Mark Henry. I think Mark Henry. You know, of course, you know. And it just goes back to, just, you know, I'm not even trying to go to black community, but just, I feel like that whole mentality, oh, I had to struggle, so you're going to struggle. No, that's a waste of time. Don't you mm-hmm. want the next generation to not go through what you had to go through? Don't you want the next generation to really, hey, here's what I learned. I want you to be better. It's humility. And there's overall book it to you. You got to pipe that noise down. Um, push Sasha. Hope she keeps that title. And book Naomi because she's better than majority of the roster. Yeah, we did. On her worst day. Yeah, we definitely want to see that. You brought up about AEW. And that's another thing, man. Um, They promised diversity. They promised this. The whole nine. And I have yet to see a black wrestler really get a the mega push behind them. You know, I know, like, they're bringing, they brought in Will Hobbs. Um, You know, uh, what's my man? Scorpio. I'm looking for, huh? Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky. He's had a shot at Jericho and all that. But when it comes to like booking, you mean to tell me, and it's no disrespect because I know, I know the, the how good Eddie Kingston is. You bring him off, you know, essentially off the street, you know, yeah, he had the, the history, but you bring him, but then all of a sudden, you got other guys, and but you're not giving them that respect. And that's where my issue is. It's like you're not giving these people that respect that they deserve. So that's the thing that's annoying about it. I, like I watched uh, my boy Bishop King, and he's humble. He was on there, and I was ha- I'm happy to see him get the opportunity. But I want to start seeing wins. You know, bottom line, I, I really want to start seeing people get W's. I understand the the um. I understand the importance of the story, but how good is it if they're not getting full throttle wins? You know? It's really Make it make sense. It has to make sense. Just overall, look at the American wrestling picture. It's not a lot of black guys up top. It's not a lot of black women up top. Maybe it's some indies. Now, signing a ring of honor, I didn't date the fact that Jonathan Gresham 
um run the pure title. If you don't know what the pure title is, Brian, let me get let me get let me get nerdy here. The pure title is it's a wrestling match, right? We uh, only have I, three. I saw it him in. Well, I saw him yeah, in. I just um, want to explain to the fans. So, John, but go ahead. <laughs> I think you have three road breaks. You have a twenty second count out. You must win by submission or pinfall, whatever. Cool, great. So you have Jonathan Gresham. You have Jay Lethal, which sadly in the last now great great guy. But in the last 20 years, Jay Lethal, of all black wrestlers, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, had one of the longest title reigns in the American big scene, period. Mm-hmm. Beaten, and he deserved it. And it. But here's the thing, he should have never taken Jay Lethal that long to get up top. We having guys come out off the street. Yep. Push him to development to go to, I'm going to NXT. Wait, he's the hottest guy off the Indies. Boom! Here's the title shot. Really, Cedric? Look, look at look at Ricochet. When he now he's he's balking up a little bit. We're talking about you know him and Real Osprey when he was both you know in the juniors. There was conversations with Ricochet be the best pure wrestler on the planet. Cedric, there's no reason why Bobby Lashley have never had a WWE title rate. Look at MVP. Mm-hmm. Look at Shel- Shelton. Shelton. Now go back to the network. Go to 2002 to 2003. Shelton Benjamin Charlie, oh man, a wrestler. When he was on Raw, they gave him nothing. So it just shows decades after decades after decades that they're using black bodies, they're using black wrestlers to draw to give us good moments. But who has consistently been given an opportunity to, even if you're going to be booked to lose, just give them an opportunity to shine. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, I drank the Kool-Aid of, well, they're just not good enough. They're not over enough. I drank that. Shout out to my boy Terrence uh, Williams, who would always tell me, nah, man, but the same thing. Like, Moxley, well, he was, to me, we'll get into this after the break, sucks as an AEW champion and wasn't that good as a WWE champion. But he's gotten opportunities. Great Khali got opportunity. You know, so many boring people, but then the black wrestlers are held to a certain standard. But uh, let's go ahead and take a break. And then afterwards, we're going to talk some AEW full gear. But, folks, if you haven't done so, subscribe to the YouTube channel where you can get content. Obviously, you can get this show right here that you're watching. Thanks. But hit the subscribe button if you haven't done so. But you can also get some of the shows from myself and my brother, the real Dwayne Allen. and. We did a show called Life After WWE, where we discuss wrestlers after they made the transition. Coming up. So make sure you check that out. But here's a preview to that. Actually, wrestlers don't have to follow what is considered the status quo of the WWE these days. If you're not being used, you can decide, I want I want to do something more. I, the rush of the fans, whether it's 50 people or 50,000, no longer makes a difference because superstars just want to be recognized because mm-hmm. they feel now. That maybe I don't need the machine to be what I consider successful. Yep. That's true. Um, you look at a guy like Cody Rhodes, right? Mm-hmm. Homegrown. Let's not forget. Homegrown in the WWE. Um, would you say? Born with a silver spoon in his mouth? Absolutely. Say, when it comes to the business? Of course. Uh, and he left because he wasn't like the way he was being used. I mean, he even went on record saying he had uh, the challenges was like figuring out what to charge people. Right. What to charge promoters? What to expect? Because he hadn't been through this before. No. Um, but 
he's went out there. He's thrived. You know, we mentioned him on our Breakout Superstars episode, which you can find on the Wrestling Realm YouTube channel. Did we? All right, and we're back, ladies and gentlemen. So, if you haven't done so, that's just a little bit. Um, we did that episode a few months ago, and a lot of the stuff still pertains to today. But we talk life after WWE, and of course, there's a company called AEW that's been going well into they're almost on two years since the announcement of the company. Steven, before we actually get into full gear where we break it down, um, you're a huge AEW fan. I, I like to mess yeah. with you, call you an AEW yeah. Mark, uh, but you're my little brother, so that's what I do. Um, how do you feel about the company as a whole as we're working into the two-year mark? Mm, AEW. Now you got to um, take your unbiased, you got to take your bias hat off. We'll do some pros and cons. I think a pro, their tag team division, one of the best in the world. I think the fact that you got the Bucks, FTR, I can't even name them all. Lucha Bro, you got so many tag teams. It was beautiful about their tag team division. It's the tag team division. Mm -hmm. Even only New Japan really does this in other companies. They're a tag team division that can main event any show if possible. I'm going to stop I right think, there real quick. Mm -hmm. Why do you love tag team wrestling so much? I think really. I think following Young Bucks and just seeing over the way. I've been following Young Bucks since high school. Right? Oh, Ring yeah. around Honor, Pro Wrestling, Gorilla okay. Days. Before they really, really, you know, got the EDB, I, I kind of fell in love with tag teams. And ironically, around that time, it'll connect back to NXT. That's when NXT had American Alpha, um, the Re revival, FTR now. So between NXT kind of giving us great tag team matches and also the Young Bucks and the Indies really cranking out good stuff over the last couple of years, you know, I now I've pretty much watched mostly independent wrestling outside of WWE. I think just tag team wrestling just. The amount of people you can see, the amount of combinations, just really the different dynamic of the whole show. It's just different. So tag team wrestling, big fan of right now. I think some of the stars that they have, they, the fact that you have Omega, Pat, who finally came back tonight, um, Mox, you have some top stars. And also just really, um, it's good to have, a, it's good to kind of, it's not a war, but it's good to kind of have a war going on. Because I was born on November 11th, 1997. A couple of days after Brad screwed Brett, I think he screwed himself. Uh, and no, you're gonna get booted off the show. You say something <laughs> like that again. He got screwed. You ever Sorry, Brett. The man who held that winged Sorry, eagle Brett. title, who made it famous. Brett did not screw Brett. Vince Sorry, screwed Brett. Brett. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mean you. But overall, just looking at the whole picture, um, I wasn't there for it. I didn't see the Monday Night Wars. I was breathing. I was alive. So the fact that finally I'm over 20 years old, I've been hearing about wars. The fact that I can turn on a Wednesday night and see two different shows going on at once, it's dope. Well, let's talk about the cons. The women's division is weak. I think, you know, Kenny Omega supposedly is over the women's division. I feel like conning having the Japanese wrestlers. Now, mind you, Japanese wrestling is amazing. Women's wrestling down is a uh, down is golden. But I kind of having, I kind of felt, you know, Sheeta, current champion, she can't connect to the crowd. And it's not her fault. It's just American. I feel like Americans, outside of Oscar, we really we just can't connect to Japanese women's wrestling because we don't understand the context of Japanese women's wrestling. Even with Nyla Rose, I just like the women's division. It's also timing. I feel like a lot of top free agents, they're just booked down. They're just signed a contract. So, of course, even them trying to push Brandy wasn't really... Brandy, sorry, Cody, she's not really a great wrestler. 
She's a great manager. Great person to talk to. You, very kind person. But overall, the women's division is kind of weak. I think um the ranking system, and Taz just kind of cut a promo on that. I think the ranking system should be taken a little bit more seriously. Um, currently, right now, one half of Team Taz, the machine, Brian Cage, excuse me, the FTW champion is 10 to 1. And he's ranked number one. Nothing's happening. Like, aren't well, you? Does that aren't really you? mean anything? I don't even know. I just feel like if you're going to say, you know, if we're going to have a ranking system, use it. And mm-hmm. also, just going back to a small point of what you did, I think the diversity needs to be way better. And just overall, um, some of the storylines could be some of the writing, you know, Tony Khan, some of the stuff they come up with could be a little bit, you know, the fact that Miro, aka Rusev, is his first feud is over his video game machine being destroyed. If I was him, I would have given him a hot mic for two months to just let him rip and kill people. So just over some of the wrestling logic, some of the logic overall has not been the best. But I think another pro, even with having a stadium, I think some of the content they've given us in the pandemic has been great stuff. I think a benefit which WWE is now paying money for the fact that they kind of have the owners that they have, they have the stadium, they have the amphitheater to work with this whole time. So in terms of like overall just production value, they don't have to worry about that. But I feel like when it comes to diversity, their women's division, and really being a little bit smarter with their single championship pictures, because yes, Cody, great, love him. He's according to his coach Arn Anderson, he's bulked up, he's put up twenty pounds. Okay, that's great stuff. Put somebody else over. And I'll even mention John Moxley. I think, and I say this to myself, his last time I'm ultimate. Now, mind you, I like this new version of John Moxley because I didn't watch CZ, CZW John Moxley. I didn't watch John Moxley before he really came. He came to WWE, so to kind of see the John Moxley I'm seeing right now is dope. But majority of his, all his matches and his all his title matches have been stipulation matches or matches where it's not straight wrestling. So in, in an era now where more fans are wanting pure and straight wrestling. The fact that you have to use a reference to get yourself over. Mm-hmm. And even as sad, I know it's, you know, they're just blowing it off because they have other important matches on the card. But if you have the AEW Championship, yes, Eddie Kingston. Now, mind you, I'm a big Eddie Kingston fan. I text you every week, Brian. He can cut a promo. Can cut a promo his whole... He can cut promos all day. He can sell me a water bottle. If I, if I have a whole trunk full of water bottles and he sells a different water bottle, I will buy it. But... So you're telling me if you're you're in a company where rankings matter, you have Lance Archer, aka everybody dies every time he walks out. If you have the machine, you have top tier guys where other companies want it. You have so much talent. But you want to tell me, oh yeah, um Eddie Kingston, yeah, he's world championship material. We know on Saturday he is not going to win. He's gonna give him a fight. So I just feel like overall, a lot of pros. Some cons can improve most definitely, but can we complain about some of the moments and some of the product they've given us? Really can't, but overall, I think AEW the first two years, they've given us, you know, something different. But they need to buy in. If you say diversity, we want, we want diversity. If you say they want an alternative, we need you don't have to take shots Thank at you. the Turner Tower. The, excuse me, the Titan Tower every single week. We know WWE, they don't have Twix no more. Stop plugging Kip Sabian because he has a Twix. Like, we don't have to keep taking shots. Now, it is a war. I want you to be a little bit petty. Take a shot. If you see they're having a main event, counter-program them. 
make them exciting, but you don't have to sit here and take petty pot shots. And you know, it's just, I don't know. You're competing with NXT, so just think about this from a standpoint, right? If I'm Rusev, I've been Rusev, and I was, you know, word on the street, he was supposed to be Intercontinental Champion, but when Lana put out those pictures about the engagement, while he was in the middle of the storyline with Dolph Ziggler, she, you know, they got mad, so they said, you're not winning the title. But if you're Rusev, you competed for the WWE Championship, I believe, Um you were U.S. champion and an undefeated U.S. champion. You were on Raw or SmackDown. You literally had a tank interest. Yeah, and now you're going to a show that's competing with NXT. So that would be like, if Steven, if I can break this down to you, that would be the equivalent of leaving WWE during the Monday Night Wars and going to WCW to compete at the power plant. That would be like leaving WWE to compete as Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And that's my issue. Like, you're taking these shots. But what do these shots really mean? Another thing you brought up, um, you know, so I, I don't hate tag team wrestling. I just think that maybe for me personally, I respect your views on it. And I can see, like, if you're really into tag team wrestling, by all means. You know, I, my favorite tag team wrestling era was the attitude there? I mean, you talking the Dudley boys, the Hardy boys, Edge and Christian. And then, you know, those are the teams people always hear about. But you also had the Acolytes. You had Midian and um, Viscera. You had the uh, Holly Brothers. You had X-Pocket Kane and Undertaker and Big Show. You know, they had a tag team turmoil match at SummerSlam 99. I always tell people, check it out. So it's an underrated matchup. Uh, you also had uh, God Rest His Soul, Owen Hart, and Jeff Jarrett. So there was, a, and then, of course, the New Age Outlaws earlier in the year. You had tag teams in WWE. I listened to Eric Bischoff, and I, I was wondering, like, the FTR listen to Eric Bischoff, what he was saying. He said the reason why a lot of big companies don't go with the tag teams as much because it's quite expensive to book. When you want to fly people to go do an appearance on television, you got to do two flights, you know? And so, and the Young Bucks, they're so obsessive. And I think what I see with AEW is you have a group of people, a group of marks says, all right, we're going to do a wrestling show. We're going to always want to do it like we always wanted to do it. But then if you got somebody like, and I'm not saying that I know this to be fact, if you have somebody like a, not saying this is him, but like a Coca Banner or a Jake the Snake, who are veterans in the game, they're going to come in there and say, hmm, I can come in there and milk them for some money. They're going to be happy. I can come in there and milk them for this. Be real. Taz, totally. There's a lot of guys on our roster, Billy. There's a lot of people on our roster. They're just yes. for checks. And, and, and that's my issue. My sister in the business Britt Waters said this Cody Rose is handing out the AW TV or TNT championship title shots like candy shout out to candy corn now, <laughs> quick question for you it's kind of connects to because it's kind of like a TV title I'm not going to grill the TNT title because I'm, I'm Cody I'm tired of Cody but in today's age 2020 coming to 2021 in today's world of wrestling, just the, does the idea of a TV title 
like the WCW used to do, where every time it was on TV, it was defending. Does the idea of a TV title work in today's wrestling age? This is the reason why it's different. Because back then, the NWA championship, and I got to verify this, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't defended on Saturdays. And I'm pretty sure the WCW World Championship wasn't defended on Saturday nights. And maybe every now and again. So the idea of the TV title was, this is the title we defend on television. And I understand, what, but my biggest issue with the TV title, being the TNT title, is the fact that they defend the title to people that you know are not going to win. I respect AEW for giving. So I, I, I'm I'm at 50-50 with AEW Dark, right? I respect them for allowing wrestlers all over the country to come in, the independent wrestlers who are really good, to come in and get more eyeballs and essentially raise their stock, right? Because if there was independent shows like every weekend and everything was normal, they could probably charge more. Okay, I was on AEW Dark. You know, I want $725. I want $100, right? I respect that. But then I also look at it like, y'all roster is already big enough. So you don't, they, if they didn't bring in a lot of these wrestlers, they could do enough shows where AEW Dark could have matches that I really want to see that I haven't seen before. And they could do that on TV. They got to think about AW Dark was doing that before the pandemic. Right. But like now, if the pandemic comes away, they might go back to the way it was, where you just have some of your top stars, some lower tier guys on your roster going at it. But you, you so, but here's remember, we're in a pandemic, right? So aren't you making it worse by having a risk because you're exposing more wrestlers? You're bringing more wrestlers in. Granted, I've, I've seen, I got friends who are on the show. So part of me, it makes it happy, but are these people and you showing their records? Are you signing them? Are they going to get a chance? If I, like I said, I saw Bishop King three weeks in a row. He was a reason to be honest, which I was watching AEW Dark, but he loses every time. Yes, I understand. It's just a written rule that I think if you don't sign with AEW, you're not going to want AEW Dark. And, and, that's, but, and, and that's the thing. So it's like if you're not signing these people, you know, you have, they have the nightmare training facility. So, and, and, and it's just, that's the thing that's really like, like, why are you doing this? The fact that you're bringing people on to watch AEW, I mean, to get a chance to have an opportunity, but they're not going to win, you know? And, and the women's division, to me, is not weak. It's being book weekly. They have so much talent over there. And I'm, thank God they put Allie back where she belonged. Because why she was with Brandy, I have no idea. I'm like, first of all, look, she was with butcher in the blade it made so much sense it was like that was like some of the best work i've seen her do since she was in impact wrestling shout out to the former wsu women's champion world but champion I have a good point you just made a good point about having a big roster i think within the last 25 years of american wrestling history between wcw impact i feel like just overall american wrestling seems to have an issue of loading their rosters too much mm -hmm. let's talk about indies well it's not an indie one thing i like about new japan they bring people in, but majority of the time, you're seeing the same guys, and there's a lot of fact, you're seeing the same guys rumble and tumble with a lot of other guys on their roster. They know the perfect size of their roster. 
That's what her WCW. That's why they had a the fact that you had you have a five cruiserweight division, but your roster was so loaded in the late nineties. A lot of guys couldn't succeed. Same thing with Impact. You literally had all the WWE legends. Mind you, you still had AJ, Samoa, Samoa Joe, <laughs> Lethal. You had so many guys who could not get opportunities. It just so AEW is just another example of how, in terms of just in terms of capitalism, just really not knowing when to stop and just work with who you what you have right now. That's mm-hmm. the biggest picture. And it's not even AEW. It's just a giant issue I see within wrestling. A lot of major companies within history. WWE probably had about 500 wrestlers on their roster. If you combine AEW's and WWE's roster, how many people do you think you got? At least over 450. No, probably about 800. (laughs) Yeah, between literally WWE, you already have NXT 205 Live, NXT UK, Raw SmackDown, AEW, AEW, and Performance Center. Center. So I feel like what AEW needs to do, if you're going to have all these legends around getting checks, you make something. I don't know if you want to put it in Jacksonville, but you want to put it in whatever you want to put it. Make Remember, the WWE cut their ro- some of their roster, and they still have a lot of guys. Who's the last time we've seen Ricochet on TV actually do something important? Mm-hmm. So, just going back to the point, um, because we're not going to grill, we're not grilling AEW Philly. Great content, I feel like they've entertained me more this year. But you know, if you're going to say you're going to be the alternative, stop doing the things that will that. You say the alternative does that the WWE does, and actually do what we kind of want to see. Bingo. So overall, AW love it. Now, side note was just little, but this is all just me being young. I'm not saying you old, Brian, but the fact that I get to watch wrestling on TNT when hearing for years, oh, this is the turn of superstition. We have the, that. I think that's very cool for me to kind of watch wrestling on TNT. Is like, wow, this is kind of dope. But overall, well, I, I will agree with you on that. It is cool to see TNT back. I think the disappointment is for me personally was I looked at AEW as another opportunity in wrestling, another shot. Now, I think they're going to get things right. But I was like, OK, here we have WWE. But now for people who got out of wrestling, you bring over um, the man with the X who, you know, the man that they put the X on over his face, who you know wants to be a Trump supporter, Chris Jericho. They put him on there, and I'm like, okay, if you're a Jericho fan and you haven't seen Jericho in a long time, but you don't watch WWE, but check out this AEW stuff. And then when he had the title, I said, all right, cool. But then, uh, but then uh, at the same time, I want you to check out this guy Kenny Omega. And then Kenny goes and start putting people over, and it had it's like one of those things, dude. You're not that over in the United States as much as you think you are with the American wrestling audiences. The Stephen Michaels know how great you are. Know that it wasn't just Okada giving you five-star matches, knowing that you was putting on five-star matches with other people. But America doesn't know that. I think we know it. No, 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 no. We're not going to argue. I know this is, I'm not going to get off the platform. I think America knows. If you really thought Kenny Omega can go, but the biggest thing Dude. now is kind of, it kind of correlates, it kind of connects to your point. The biggest thing, we know it, but from an, on an American stages, we haven't seen it. I'm going to tell you this. One this is the reason now, why I say that. Go back and watch AJ Styles' entrance at the Royal Rumble. It was not. That's, you can't compare AJ. He's, Why not? You it, cannot compare that. No, listen, you cannot, no. Brian, listen. You cannot, AJ was in 
wrestling in America for over 10 years before that moment. But Kenny that was, was but in the, New Japan. Yo, AJ Styles, he we all we had to do was go on a Thursday night and go to Spike TV. Most people we knew where to find New Japan stuff illegally, but we didn't know where to find it at. You're in the wrestling bubble, bro. Let me take you out of it. I'm out the wrestling. I'm like, people no, know about Kenny Omega. No, they didn't. You're in the wrestling bubble. When it, you watch AJ Styles' entrance, right? You cannot that entrance now. was not the equivalent of somebody like when Ric Flair showed up. Or even, no, it wasn't the equivalent of Diesel coming out. If AJ Styles was when I mean super over, wrestling fans knew who he was. But I was sitting there watching with my son, who was about six at the time. And I got excited. He was like, who's that? You don't know who that is? That's AJ Styles. Funny story. Six months later, not a whole year later. No, eight months later. Six, seven months later. We go to WWE Battleground. Guess what I spent 20 minutes doing? Looking for those AJ Styles gloves because by then he came into the WWE and compared that two different. And his stock rose. And That's compared. what I mean. But this, this, my point is: this is my point. You have a guy who was on American wrestling television who went to New Japan because let's not act like when AJ Styles the the character was there, but AJ Styles was just another part of the group. If he goes to if he goes to Impact right now, he's easily. Easily the biggest star. You got to think about it. Before AJ went, to, he went before he went to Japan, he was in America. So one thing about Kenny, was but he was just on the same. But he was on the same level. He had to go to New Japan and Ring of Honor and wipe that TNA stink off of him. And okay, then he we, get that, uh, we knew it, AJ was AJ since two thousand five. Kenny before New Japan, he was wrestling lower tier independent scenes. That's all right. I give you Kenny that. Omega did not wrestle on a national TV platform until he really got to New Japan. Meanwhile, AJ. Was flipping and flopping and doing five starbers with Samoa Joe, and honestly, Samoa Joe, unfortunately, unfortunately, it took some time for national TV for people to understand how good Samoa Joe was. But if you look at it on paper, Samoa Joe was great in Ring of Honor. Yeah, but my, but here's my point, Stephen. The point at the end of the day is that when you go, the, there's a huge drop off. Think about. In NXT and WWE, there's still a lot of WWE casual fans that don't watch NXT. And that's what people have the issue that, oh, when Vince brings them up or he ruins them or he changes them around. That's why Emma didn't work in on the main roster. That when she was doing this, she was the most over person in NXT at one point. Enzo Amore was one was the most over guy. He gets to the main roster, but he had to be reintroduced and re-grab his own. And that's what I mean. So when you're talking from, this is under the WWE umbrella. So when you're talking about a guy like Kenny Omega, he comes to WWE. If he would have went to WWE and been booked the same way, I guarantee you and a lot of people would have been complaining. And that's the thing. To me, he didn't have to be. I feel, and I've always felt this, he should have been in a top-tier program the whole time, and what we're getting now is finally something where somebody said, look, thing. dude. Here's the only issue about AEW starting the way they did. If you have the Young Bucks and Cody and Omega, their top guys, also their VP, you can't, 
it would have been an issue of oh you're bingo putting, that's where you were you just went there that's why we didn't need to know that information there was no reason for us as fans to know that they was executive vice president now that's the only reason why i'm not gonna feel you argue and cut a promo on your own platform because you're cooking me off but <laughs> they were so that in my mind okay i'm okay but, with but, Omega but, now but, we but, but, as, we as fans we gotta this is the thing that wrestling fans don't do they don't recognize their place in the business we are an essential part of the show but it's a reason why we are in front of the curtain and not behind it and that was something that we did not need to know especially when you're not doing storylines around it all the time you know what i mean and and that's why we didn't need to know that information they could have did it you know, they could have had the press conference, but they got out there, they marked out for themselves. And because of that, they didn't want to do what was right. Cody, to me, is still one of the biggest baby faces in wrestling. He is one of the biggest baby faces in wrestling, and he should be or should have been AEW champion at one sometime last year. He would be a been bashing AEW for the last 15 minutes. Can you agree that AEW has given us better content this year than WWE? Wrong. I, I would not uh wrong, wrong. WrestleMania alone. If, if the WrestleMania was so that's great, WrestleMania though. I'm just talking it, about week by week content. No, mine is pay-per-views, week by week content. <laughs> no, I'm week serious. By, can you agree? Week, can you be pop before we move on? I guess I will press you on your own. You move on. AEW has given us some good moments in two years. They've given us some good moments, thank but they've that's, also given us no, some moments me. that didn't work. Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy would have worked if there were fans. I give you that because that moment Brian, was a shock. Majority of Boom, but it most dropped. wrestling company, majority of wrestling we've been seeing. If we had some fans for Miro or even some of the stuff we've been seeing in W, imagine having fans mm-hmm. for a lot of moments. Imagine, imagine having fans when Roman came back. Oh, we did. Talking about Twitter on the fire. We did. We had the Thunderdome. That don't count though. That's not it. Does it, 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 don't tell Corey Graves that Corey Graves said that energy gave them what they had been missing for months. Well, no one cares what Corey Graves thinks, podcast or not. But overall, saying, like we're I mean, not there we're, though. We're not there. But overall, I just feel like AEW. I'm a fan of AEW because I watch independent wrestling. A lot of guys I have seen. I'm also still watching, and I'm a fan because I, I, I. It's plenty of times you you watch most of the time. According to you, you watch AEW throughout the night because you know I can I back flip back and forth, and that's the thing that's fun about it. That ability, like you just brought up, right? That Wednesday night war, and, and, and now we're blessed because we got multiple devices. You know, if you back in the day, if you were real fancy, shout out to my mentor Sam Davis. You can have two TVs and literally watch AEW. I mean, Raw and Nitro. You know, my grandmother. I used to have, like, if she was downstairs, I would have in my aunt's room, you know, I, I would have, like, TNT, and then in my grandma's room would be USA, and I would just run back and forth. Like, this would be during the summer. You feel me? Every But but now we, we can have multiple devices. But the thing is, like I said, it's great. It's, it's a beautiful thing to do. But let's, we're going to hold them to the same standards because they promised an alternative, you know, and like I said, if they just, to me, it's been a lot of things that's been doing this. Like I said, 
I don't care about Brandy Rose wrestling. We honestly thought she was doing a women's tag tournament to put herself on. Who won the tag tournament, by the way? You know, that's been kind of. I don't have no tag belts. But honestly, I just play AEW. We ha- I have to give them this credit. If they, if the pandemic would have never happened, uh-huh. a lot of stuff that was supposed to happen, I feel like Kenny, a lot of stuff that we're seeing even at full gear could have happened a long time. Kenny and Hangman was brewing for a while. Young Young Bucks, we could have gotten Young Bucks for FTR months ago. Mm-hmm. So just overall, as we move on, I'm gonna tell you how we're moving on because this conversation is getting steamy. <laughs> you, you don't move on till I tell you, Jabroni. Remember, because I got the power of the, the the mouse, which means I can mute you. You know, the, the kids get a podcast, uh, season media. The kids get a podcast and a business and think they're gonna start with the big dogs. You get a degree to uh-uh. you talk about <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, hey, you think you? Hey, I got my degree, so I think I know what I'm talking about. No, no, you're not. You don't. But overall, <laughs> I just thought, um, AW, um, good product. This is cool because we get to bring the text messages to conversation and just we allowing the world to be a part of it. Yo, this is literally like I'll be literally texted. I think I texted a random question about Brett. If Brett would have never left, how would he be fit in the attitude here? We had a whole conversation about that. You know, what? we're gonna say that for the end of the show because I got to school you on that. But let's get into the card real quick. All right, women's championship, NWA women's championship. I actually like this. I do. I like the fact they have the NWA women's championship. However, I don't necessarily know how I feel about Allison K mentioning that she's a free agent. Nonetheless, she will challenge Serena Deeb on the pre-show. I'm going with Allison K to pull off this upset. No, I'm not. I'm gonna go with Serena Deeb. What you think? I'm gonna do Serena because I think Allison is probably um going somewhere else. Yeah, that's that's NXT baby. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I think and it's and so that's another thing about I think not this year, but last year, kind of even having NWA back pre-pandemic, pretty cool. But I'm gonna go with Serena Deeb. Um, she defeated Thunder Rose, a deep one, probably out of her contracts up next year with NWA. Oh, one of the top free agents in women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. So if I'm AEW, if I'm Cody, keep that checkbook open, boy. Keep it open. Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, I just think it's a, this is a really cool thing for them to do. Kind of reminds you of WWE doing this with USWA with uh um. It was a USW, not USWA. It was the other one, um, but definitely the um, uh, ECW when ECW was kind of having some hardships, as well as WWE doing this with Smoky Mountain Wrestling when the Heavenly Bodies. I think they defeated the Rock and Roll or the Midnight Express. I'm one of the people that I get them mixed up, folks. Look, I was born I in '86, so '97. I don't even know the difference. Does you know? I just know they were over. Exactly. Um, But but you got Orange Cassidy taking on John Silver. I see Orange Cassidy winning this, obviously. How about you? Um, Big fan of both Silver and Orange Cassidy. It's kind of cool to see Silver get over in such a large group. So I think there's more of a reward for Silver. Hey, you're one of the most over guys outside of Birdie Lee in the Dark Order. So go get this match. I feel like Orange Cassidy. just to build some momentum back up um, after that feud with Jericho and also some losses to Cody, which oh, Cody. <laughs> Cassidy for the win. Get hey, your Cody. Hey, Cody. Shout out to my boy, Sir Tizzy. Uh, him and my boy, Blake, do the beat. For, do uh, produce uh, Matt. I mean, uh, what's that dude? Lee Johnson's theme music for AEW. Um, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara elite deletion match. Ooh, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but I think Matt Hardy gets that win back after that last fiasco. What you think? I think Hardy gets a win. 
But I think Sammy, despite the year he's had as well, I think Sammy getting his opportunities just showing when the inner circle does kind of finally, you know, kind of decomp, which kind of falls apart when some of the older guys' spots on the EW roster kind of fades away, they mm-hmm. kind of see Sammy as a star in the future. So um, I'm going to have Matt Hardy with the victory, but I kind of feel like Matt and Sammy really needs just a better working environment, just needs some more time to really go at it one more time. Do you see Sammy as a star? Yeah. <laughs> you said that convincingly. Chris Jericho, speaking of inner circle, will take on, in, to me, the best heel in wrestling right now, outside of Roman Reigns and Randy Orton, MJF. And if Jericho loses, MJF is a part of the inner circle. I got to go with MJF to win this. Because if he loses, he's a face. And he can't be a face. No. I mean, he's wearing Burberry. And he's better than everybody. I so I don't know why MJF would be a part of inner circle. But I'm going to go with MJF. I feel like what's cool about MJF, you're talking about he's one of the top heels. He doesn't even need to enter the ring to be in heel. All he has to do is tweet one time. Pete. It's hot. Um... But keep an eye out on his um bodyguard Wardle. I feel like a Wardle return is coming very soon. Everybody feel like, feels that way. It just has to happen. I feel like MGF is better individually. I think Wardle needs to take and AW is a, a has a roster full of monsters. I feel like he should be battling Lance Archer. Anyways, <laughs> um I think MGF for the win and redacted Jer uh he was a mess <laughs> on commentary on Wednesday as well. Um I think it's just another opportunity for him to um just do the deed to put somebody over, which he's been doing a lot this year. He did it with Orange Cassidy. Now MGA is or MGF is already over, but just getting MGF in front of like bigger audiences that win over Jericho has pull. Mm-hmm. Once anything Jericho does, we just even casual fans know it. So well, he needs to go sit in a corner and apologize for you know supporting a racist. But moving on, um. Oh, yeah. So I did want to bring in this story. MJF, uh, like you brought up the heel. It takes me back when he was at that trash company in New Jersey called Combat Zone Wrestling, uh, ran by another doofus by the name of DJ Hyde. MJF was there. Are we going to bring up why CZW? Because that's why I first saw MJF. And uh, this is pre-TV days. And green in the ring. Um, ring presence was green, but the heel, like all this stuff you see in now, you saw it in its infancy. You know how you watch WrestleMania 14, you notice how The Rock was sitting there talking to that lady, and you could see where he was, what he would become. It was the same thing, right? And um, Maria Manic, when before she was the man eater and the dominant force in Ring of Honor that she would eventually become. She was his like ballet and he was like talking to her all kinds of ways. And you could see like all this stuff, man. You could see like, oh, yeah, he, he's going to be that dude. But um, uh, women's championship. Uh, uh, Sheeta will defend against Nyla Rose. I'm for one. <laughs> I wish I could have seen somebody else win it before Nala got back into the title picture. Uh, but it is what it is. I think Nala gets the belt back. What you think? Um, Nala gets it back. And shout out to Vicky Guerrero. One thing about Vicky Guerrero, mm-hmm. she's gonna keep a check. All right, she's gonna stay hey, employed. Excuse me. <laughs> she's gonna stay employed. <laughs> so um, 
I think Nyla gets it. And um Sheeta, I think give her I think Sheeta, she has most definitely done a good job despite even having just just due to the pandemic, just having not a big roster to wrestle anyway, because she runs circles around majority of the people on the on the women's roster. But um I think Nyla gets it and uh, hopefully we um get some better women's storylines. Can he get better at writing women's wrestling? Yeah, yeah. But let's move on. Uh a match that I think could be the match of the night. The Eliminator match. Um, the AEW title Eliminator Tournament. First of all, what does that even mean? Is, isn't it just the number one contender? Like, is it tournaments eliminating? But anyway, Kenny Omega taking on Adam Hangman Page. I will tell you this right now. I will be highly disappointed, and it will belong on the tapped out if Kenny Omega doesn't walk away with this match. I think Kenny is rating just because I feel like and the issue AEW has created is Moxley has had the title for so long. You'll need somebody credible to beat him. I feel like I just feel like the cleaner mm-hmm. is just a better fit to beat Moxley. So I feel like now Hangman and Omega will be having a banger. Mm-hmm. Give them at least 25 to 30 minutes. Just let them rip. I think this really, honestly, outside of FTR versus the Young Bucks, this is basically my main event of the night. Let them rip, let them just rip each other apart, and you know, just let Hangman just kind of sulk a bit and kind of just build him up for this next year. And really, when fans are kind of back, kind of let him lose to get that title. So I feel like this match is more of a more of just really kind of planning some seeds for the future and kind of just telling you know John Moxley, hey, you're about to let this title up to go to Kenny. So I feel like Kenny's going to get it because he deserves it. But I feel like the one thing I need to see with this match, I need this match to be long, and I need to see a lot of action. Yeah, because I'm gonna be honest with you, um, Jericho and Moxley, those are two champions that I could see rival the WWE champion, right? Uh, even though majority of both of their reigns, I'm pretty sure Lesnar, uh, well, Kofi had it too, but you know, I could see that rival the WWE champion, right? If Paige wins to me, it's like, dude, you're no better than the NXT champion. So I need to see somebody who can be the top guy in your company. As much as people may like to see Eddie Kingston win, no, can't see him rivaling the WWE champion. Um, but you know, uh, before we get to that, um, uh, the A and you know, you know what? Let's go to that one. It might be the main event, but it's the uh, it's an I quit match. <laughs> Uh, John Moxley, Eddie Kicks. There's no way I could see if I was a betting man, which you can now bet in Maryland. Well, probably after January, I would put my money on Moxley. How about you? Money on Moxley, but although he doesn't deserve this moment in terms of just writing, I think, um, just overall, just out of respect, Eddie deserves this moment because he's, I think it was a um, point even late early this year where he had to sell his boots just to pay his bills. So, um, just while he's, I know, Brian, I know, I know, I know, I know, get it. So I'm just give, I didn't give, <laughs> just give Eddie this opportunity. Um, I think John Mox will destroy him, but it will be a battle. But, um, yeah, I think Moxley gets it, but I think, you know, Kingston, I think it's more of a transitional type of match. It's more of a transition type of defense where, okay, can we just give them, give Moxie something serious to focus on before, you know, Omega comes and snatches his title. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Now, if this, I think this match should not be the main event. The main event of the night should be most definitely FTR versus Young. So, I was going there. That's why I didn't go to that yet. I had to steal your pop. Before we go there, we got to go to the TNT Championship. Cody Rhodes, which I heard they're not going to pursue the trademark no more. But Cody, last name, will show up with Brandy Rhodes to be safe. Will defend the TNT Championship against Darby Allen. Who do you see winning this match? To me, I think Darby Allen will probably win, but I think Cody should keep it. How about you? Give it to Darby. You've been, you've been building <laughs> up Darby this whole time. And also, I feel like Cody, I'm not saying he needs a break, but he needs to focus on a different type of storyline. I think, I think t- Cody this year has kind of put some steam on the TNT title. I feel like Darby will most definitely be an interesting title holder. And mm-hmm. I just feel like just moving forward, Cody just needs a rival. Cody needs to kind of you know just take advantage of having Arn. I just feel like you know this year it's been Cody's year. He's been most definitely pulling out bangers, but he's had his shovel out. Orange Cassidy, Scorpio Sky, he's most definitely, you know, he's rested guys coming off the indies. So I just for overall Cody, great team team champion. Side note, please drop where you get your suits from. I would like a suit myself. But um Darby Allen for the win. <laughs> he's going with Darby Allen. And then which should be could be it's the most anticipated match in AEW history. It's the match that's been building long before AEW was born. It is the AEW Tag Team Championship match as FTR will defend against the team that pretty much gave them the name FTR, the Young Bucks. And here's the key, folks. Here's the key. A year ago, we saw the same stipulation, and we're going to get it again, this time with the tag team titles. If the Young Bucks do not win, and if they do not win the tag team titles, they can never again challenge for the tag team championship. With that being said, there's only one way, and wrestling has taught me, even though WWE has proven me wrong lately, it has taught me one thing, that if you go down on the go-home, you're going up on the pay-per-view, and we will crown new AEW Tag Team Champions, and finally, the titles will go to where they belong and should have been in the first place, the Young Bucks. Steven, Michael, Thompson, the match that I know you've been waiting for for a long time. I think I've been waiting for this match since high school. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we, I think, what was that? I think the year that um the revival faced American Alpha, I was doing it. Yeah, so I've been waiting years for this match. This is kind of like Hulk versus Ric Flair, but for tag team wrestling. So I feel like eight the Young Bucks has really put up tag team wrestling. And it just in terms of this age. In terms of this age, Brian, stop it. That would stop be the Young Bucks versus the Usos, but okay. Well, sorry. Sorry about that. But in just <laughs> in terms of just more of just kind of like some of the heat, the fact that they had being the elite and they always take shots at FTR. And oh, shoot, FTR it's kind of funny, they've been taking shots for damn years. Oh, yeah, we're here in your company, we're gonna stump you out and take your titles, which they did. Um, so I feel like the Young Bucks will win. I hate the stipulation, but I feel like, um, the Young Bucks will win. And now, sexy kind of FTR, not they've had title. I feel like they should have held on to the title, it would have been longer mm-hmm. or. Maybe the Bucks should have won 
and FTR kind of get the title, their first title shot hypothetically next year, whatever, cool, great. But we know FTR is gonna we know um FTR is gonna surrender the titles, but before they do, can we get at least 35 minutes of just good old tag team wrestling? I need super kicks, not die slaps. Arm bars, whatever the shat, whatever they want to do. I really, really, really. If this is the first time we've seen this. If we're in the middle of the pandemic, outside of college football, we have nothing else to watch. There is no excuse for this match to not go at least over twenty-five minutes. There is no excuse to really have an absolute banger because, of course, they fought. They've touched each other. Mm-hmm. They've, I think, they've been in a mixed tag match. But they've never been faced off face one on one ever. 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 So the fact that it's on pay-per-view and it's a title on the line. This is perfect. This is perfect for me. So I think um will be most definitely um the match and like the main reason why I'm spending fifty dollars in the middle of a pandemic to see this match. So we're um Lung Bucks, they will take it. Now the biggest question, because I think we know what's happening. The biggest question for me after this match, where do they go? Did they kind of fall into at least another two to three months worth of rivalries? Did they kind of trade the title back and forth? Or does FTR move on? Hmm. So, yeah, um, Young Bucks would win. FTR will show a good showing. And I think really kind of um, going back to the point I made about checks notes an hour ago, it just shows that AEW it's cool that they can put tag team wrestling in their main event front. So Young Bucks for the win, but of course FTR is going to show up and show up because no flips, just fist. No flips, just fist, huh? Yes, sir. Well, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. And I think, I take it back, this will be match of the night. I don't think how it won't be because everybody's going to have something to prove. Everybody's going to want to go out there, you know, these two, all four men, they want to go out there and prove why this match is the dream match for so many people like you. You know what I mean? And I think they're going to go out there. If they stunk up the joint, it would probably be one of the most disappointing things in recent memory. But I don't see that happening. Um, I I, I just, I just don't. I, I see them going out there taking care of business and it's it's gonna be a fun match to watch yeah but, i just really um i'm excited for the um the gracious opportunity that god has given us to finally see these teams two teams go at it but it just it's it's kind of like in sports so we get a top tier matchup and it becomes right. a blowout or it doesn't so i just feel like that's the only thing about this match is we need a five-star quality match and your first time facing each other one on one ever. Pressure is on, but with the way these two teams have been jabbing each other for years, I think they're built and they're born for this top opportunity right here. Because the Bill is really doing that too. The fact that they this has been one of those matches that they didn't just give us this match on the AEW Dark and then give us 85 rematches, you know. So, but look, I'm gonna take a break real quick. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the Hitman, since you have a lot of things to say. But, folks, on the Wrestling Realms YouTube channel, there's a lot of cool stuff you can check out. And recently, the real Dwayne Allen and I did a thing called 10 Questions, uh, where you simply 
we uh, discuss just 10 random things about us. We ask each other 10 wrestling questions. So here's a preview to one of them. And you can see the full thing on our playlist right on our channel. We'll be right back after this. What's up? What's up, wrestling fans? My name is The Real Doing Now, and this is Brian H. Waters, and we are The Wrestling Realm. And today, we bring you a new show. Something smaller, but something new to the Wrestling Realm Network, that we call it now, our YouTube channel, network, whatever things may be, man, you name it. Nevertheless, we got a new show. It is called 20 Questions, where myself and Brian H. Waters will go rapid fire, we'll answer 20 different questions about a number of different subjects. But today, today, we figure for those that don't know us, you can get to know the realm just a little bit better than maybe you had before. So today, I asked Brian H. Waters 20 questions so you, the fans, can kind of get to know this gentleman right here. Brian H., you ready? I'm ready. Okay, bro. 20 questions. Yep. 20 questions on the clock. First pro wrestling memory. First pro wrestling memory, Hogan versus Warrior, just getting ready, being in the car with my grandfather and him describing that we get ready to go home and watch WrestleMania 6. All right. First piece of wrestling merchandise. And that's a good one. Probably WrestleMania. All right. And we're back. So make sure you check that out. You can find out what my first piece of wrestling merchandise was. Also, my first WrestleMania, the moments, and a lot of cool stuff. Uh, before we get into it, make sure you check out us on Instagram at Wrestling Realm. Uh, the real Dwayne Allen. Uh, you know, sometimes he pops up out of nowhere and uh, he posted a couple of things. One about the storytelling, what he loves on Monday Night Raw, as well as why the guitar on a pole match between Jeff Hardy and Elias was very important. He even said he thought it was something that was outdated, but read that caption why he thought that was very important. And then also we got wrestling realm mask. So if you want to go ahead and support the show, you can get your wrestling realm mask. Just DM me and we'll talk about it. So, Make sure, you know, go ahead and support the show. If you are an anchor, you can go ahead and do the thing where you can like drop a couple of dollars. Feel free to do so. Maybe we'll create a Patreon account. Maybe get some exclusive drop offering. Walk around, there. walk around, wait <laughs> and go to your virtual Patreon and drop a seed. We're starting at $50 on tonight. Sorry, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, you can drop an offer at my cash app at Brian H. Waters. Dollar sign Brian H. Waters. So, but. Steven, Brett the Hitman Hart. Before we get into it, why do you feel that Brett screwed Brett? I was joking. So here's <laughs> why I keep talking about um, Brett Hart this week. I realized... Um, You've been in 97 mode, huh? You must have been watching... Yeah, um, I've, real, I've, been watching, I've been on the network this week. <laughs> yeah. I realized, um, really... I don't know what I was watching, but... I realized, in terms of just Bret Hart, a lot of wrestling fans now, we know him about 96, 97, but we forgot. He won his first WWE title in the early 90s. I think that stretch between 1992 and kind of, I think, pre-97, people forgot how great and on top Bret Hart was. Mm -hmm. Man, beat Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, bangers. He made Diesel look good. He really... You know, he really, really carried a company in a so-called new generation where that kind of failed. Even a company where cartoon characters were just of whatever whatever Vincent wanted to do at the time. Bret Hart was a pure wrestler, making guys tap out in a sharpshooter while wearing pink and black. So I just feel like I've been having a reflection this week, you know, with me just, you know, 
I was t- talking to somebody last week. I was telling how you know I was born a couple of days after the screw job. So my I never got to see Brett pre Canadian Stampede, pre Heart Foundation, pre Shawn Michaels not giving him the rematch. He said he deserved in 1997. So Brett Hart deserves a little bit more respect about the way he carried, especially since I'm your WWE champion at a time where WCW has Rick Fair versus Hulk Hogan, and I have to go fight Isaac Isaac Lankham and make him look good. Now, my Jesus. Ben Jacobs, um, the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. I don't want to get choke slammed. A great guy, but Isaac Lankum, Lankum. We even have one time I don't Yankum. 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 Even at one time I thought it was actually good stuff. He was telling Brett's heart, yeah. Um, yeah, go on wrestle Bob Backlund and make his new gimmick look good. Mm-hmm. Something is uh, all wrestle fans kind of go. And just research a specific wrestler, a specific part of history, kind of reteach yourself on some things. Because my first introduction to Bret Hart was the screw job, the Bret Hart documentary that grilled Bret. I had to go back. I had to humble myself. As I say in my church voice on tonight, I had to go back and really look at just the scope of Bret Hart. Even before Sean Michael kind of became a main event player, main event player, Bret Hart had many trips around the house with the title so shout out to early 90s mid 90s bret hart and he did not screw himself he was a company guy he did not deserve it but hey what now i have a question for you outside let's say screwing brett would have never happened what moment in 1997 would have sparked the start of the attitude era oh boy what do you say what you mean well, just more of, I feel like once Vince McMahon turned into an actual character, that was winning. So let's say the screw job never happens, and WWE needs the point to kind of turn edgy. What part of the 1997 do you kind of flip that switch on? Man, that's a good question. Because I'm going to tell you. You did have Canadian Stampede. You did have, oh man, fans were hot. <laughs> Outside of like, you know, the Heart Foundation versus Stone Cold or whatever, whatever, whatever. We're part of WWE, but you can you kind of point in in 1997 to say, okay, cool. Now it's time to get edgy. It's attitude era. We need to kind of save our company. What point in, in time do you say, yeah, now's a good time to really kind of turn things up a bit? I think right around the um, Canadian Stampede, uh, you look at what was going on. And then you also got to remember after that, here comes. Uh, you know, the Undertaker's getting going again. Uh, and then here comes Kane. So it's around that time. But then you also look at when Stone Cold gets hurt. If you take away the injury, you got it all right there, you know. So you have a stacked roster. So maybe around the, you know, you could go added to error around the 97 Survivor Series. But we do got to admit, that's what caused Vince McMahon to embrace it. And like Bruce Pritchard always said, they always told Vince, you'd be the best heel if you ever decided to get, uh, you could be the biggest heel. And he would say, nah, nah, nah. And sure enough, he was, you know, but like you brought up. So to me growing up, Bret Hart was like my guy. So it was Hogan. And then the transition was like from Hogan to Bret. So when I play video games, you couldn't, I wouldn't let you use nobody. If I had WrestleMania or the arcade game 
and I won the title with Bret Hart. That was the only if you wanted to play that mode, you had to win. It's not like they carried the title one, but you had to play with Bret Hart. You know what I mean? Um, I probably one of the only people, few people in America that was rooting for him against Shawn Michaels in the uh Iron Man match, but like just the way he took the business, and people would say, Oh, Brett took himself so seriously. It wasn't that he took himself so seriously, it's just he respected the business, you know. Uh, you brought up the match with Diesel as I show a couple of highlights. Shout out to YouTube. Um, this match right here was just one of those matches that was just like epic, you know. He went out there, and this is like that table spot, they wasn't putting each other through tables back then during the day. Was he and, an official? Was and he then a boom, right here. official table spot in history in the WWE? Well, not history, but was he the first official like main like table spot? It might have been like it was amongst the early ones, definitely. You know, um, you know, Shawn Michaels would go through a table at in your house the next year. Yeah, but but yeah, that was like that might have been the first. Uh, somebody else, I'm pretty sure, will let us know. But I, I always ride for Bret Hart, man. Uh, I, I don't. You're not going to convince me ever that Bret Hart would have taken the WWF title to Turner Sports. And the simple fact is because he was rooted in the business. If he was just a regular person, right? All right, I'm gonna use Braun Strowman. Reports came out Braun Strowman said he would never leave WWE because Vince McMahon gave him a chance, right? I can believe that. Undertaker said the same thing. He was going to ride till the wheels fall off because Vince McMahon gave him a chance. As much as I, I don't believe Undertaker would have done it, but I think if you gave Braun Strowman the right amount of money of Ted Turner's money, maybe. And if you think about it, though, kind of shows how great he was even later in age, although he wasn't old when he became champion. Bret Hart's been with, he was with the Federation since the early 80s. People right. forget how long, even with Sean, people forget how long they paid their, I'm not saying they paid their dues, but people forget how long no, they was in the they, tag team division. Well, and yeah. people forget how long, there was a nice decent stretch where Bret Hart, a Bret Hart Internet Intercontinental Championship match was the best thing on the card. But it wasn't mm -hmm. the main title, though. Yep. So well, I yeah, like you hit that right on the head, though, because it is true that Brett and, uh, you know, Brett was out there putting on some of the best matches, you know, um, his match with Davey Boy Smith, one of my all time favorites, you know, still to this day. My yeah, I did not know until a couple of years ago that he called that match by himself because Mr. Davey Boy was out here. Sorry, Davey. Rest in peace, Davey. But. I didn't know until a couple years ago it was, that Bret Hart, Bret. It's truth. He kind of carried that match. I grew up. I think when it, you remember WWE 24-7, the show that they were mm -hmm. before the network, when you have Affinity on demand, my parents would pay with a $4.99 for the month for it. They will always show SummerSlam 92 for free because from a historical standpoint, that was their best UK show ever. So mm -hmm. watching this match pre-becoming I'm going to say an internet wrestling fan, knowing everything like Brian H. Waters. <laughs> I thought they really, really did what they had to do, but I kind of heard a story a couple years ago how Davey, this man was over here messed up. Now, could you see it? No, but if you kind of hear about the story, they rushed the match again, which I did when I heard all oh, yeah, Brett carried that. So, uh, and guess what, though? So, it's funny you bring that up, 
because the same thing happened when they wrestled at um, Beware of Dog. I think Davey was also pilled up during that match as well. And I think he brings it up in his book. And Brett, and, and it's the crazy part, in 96, 90, 95, after Brett beat Diesel, they were trying to phase him out and just crown Shawn Michaels. Like, everything made Shawn Michaels look so good, right? But he kept fighting. You know what I mean? He kept, Brett was still, so he called for the blood spot because he said he needed to do something to put the attention on their match. You know, Brett was, Sean was facing Owen Hart. Like if you, like in 96 at the, I mean, the end of 95, Sean Michaels was being presented as the main guy. Like you knew he was coming, even though Brett was the champion. Think of Daniel Bryan being presented, you know, the fans craving Daniel Bryan even though Randy Orton was champion. And that's probably a bad idea. Um, you know, well, yeah, because it was not, you know, that was the next opponent. So, you know, that's the thing. Man, when I you look give it, I give it to Brett. Um, I feel bad that Brett was never given that second opportunity to face Sean. Now he did get the opportunity, but if we would have got it, let's be real, WrestleMania 13, 97, mm-hmm. not the best WrestleMania. Now, luckily, Stone Cold bled his little eyes out. I feel like now cycles did. I think you know he it was great to see. But if we would have gotten Sean, oh, but to me, out of the first 15, it's the worst one. Yeah. I feel like yeah. if we would have got Sean versus Brett in a Chicago. Now, mind you, Chicago, even till now, they know they're wrestling. They know on paper Brett Hart is supposed to win. Mm-hmm. And especially since I know I'm not sure how big the internet was at that time. They probably would have known Sean Michaels is either. I'm not saying he was kind of in a brief kind of new Shawn Michaels in a Brad face. So the real wrestler fans like, oh, Brett's been loyal. He's a company guy. I'm be real. Bret Hart, aside of a few, good, good example for the kids. Put it oh, on he Brett. Was the John Cena. Yeah, he was a great guy. You know, he Brett really had to do. John Cena before John Cena, as far as being a company guy. Same with, I mean, he really, Hogan was the same way. He took the torch from Hogan. You know, and at one point, Bret Hart was his popularity. The score of his book, people take books with a grain of salt. That's your thing, whatever. Bret was taken, say he was getting more mail than Hogan in, in, in about 92. That's when Bret Hart's popularity started to rise. And with, with Hogan and all the other people didn't have, he had a whole country behind him. Huh? Bret Hart had uh, a whole country behind him. Yeah, and, and, you know, people were kind of getting, you know, the fans were getting older. It's just like the Cena fans when, you know, let's say you, right? When you first started getting into wrestling, you may have been younger. Okay, John Cena, you know, you can't see me. Well, you starting to get older. You're like, man, all right, that's a little yeah, cheesy now. CM Punk dropped a couple of pie bombs. I'm like, ooh. Overrated punk. But, uh, <laughs> here we go. but no, no, seriously. No, no, no. But, yeah, but so that's the thing with Brett, man, and, and that's why he is – one of the all-time greats, one of the best to ever do it. Is he? He will probably. He's one of them. That's let's be honest. Will fall off some Mount Rushmores. He will fall out of some top ten categories as you know the game and the business has uh, transitioned and whatnot. You know he's he's not the staple like you know your Hogan's, your Andres. Well, no, I'm gonna say your Hogan, your Hogan, your Cena. I mean Hogan, your Rock and Austin. To me. They're always going to be there. 
your Ric Flair always going to be there. I don't think Bruno San Martino is going to be that guy that's always there. As great as he was, you know, you start thinking, you're like, well, who else was there? You know, or people who just his, his, his it was it was there was nothing dynamic about him that makes people say, I wasn't watching wrestling. Now. Let me go back and watch him. You know, and that's the thing about Bret Hart. Was there a lot of stuff that's like, oh man, I gotta go watch this Bret Hart promo? Why you might want to see the match? You know, my dream match would have been Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle said he was upset when Bret didn't do the match with him because he was like, Well, you did a match with Vince, but what about me? He said, Kurt, I can't give you that type of match. So, yeah, give Bret Hart his flowers, man. Uh, I'm glad you got to see some Bret Hart stuff. Uh, have you seen the Heart and Soul DVD and the uh, Excellence of Execution DVDs? Yeah, I think I've seen every WWE DVD before they start making DVDs. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, watch it. Multiple yeah. times over. Yeah, those are definitely in my collection. Um, you know, his unreleased matches is in my collection. I got two Bret Hart Funko Pops, and I think they're coming out with another one pretty soon so yeah the hitman i need to get you know go hit up chalk line and get a bret hart jacket so if anybody wants to give me that for christmas feel free go ahead and dm me say hey brian h you know really enjoyed the show just wanted to donate give you a chalk line jacket so i appreciate it give me um my title belt for my new apartment next year there you go (laughs) i mean at season media go to seasonmedia.co where i bring your season to life and we can talk about it (laughs) but ladies and gentlemen that is going to do it for this week's episode of break it down with brian h steven michael man it's a pleasure honor yes glad you came on we had a great show obviously like i said the last time this won't be the last time um you know i probably won't watch AEW live because i gotta be in dc at 5 40 the next day to go get a test before the Washington football team takes on those New York Giants. So let's just hope that game is a blowout. <laughs> and uh, they run and run and run the ball and run the clock down. <laughs> yes, before I leave, let me plug myself. So as of right now, I'm taking a break from sports media, kind of focusing on my business. Season media, graphic design, photography, web design, social media content, and creative strategy where I would bring your season to life. If you want to get in contact with me, you can book a week, contact me, see my stuff at season dot seasonmedia.co not dot com dot co we do things differently around here you can follow me on twitter at sen season underscore ceo and on instagram at season dot ceo and you can check out my podcast post season podcast but i to bring that back real quick and i think that's pretty much it brian i think i've switched to more of hey i make content all the time so i make them for my clients and just stay off twitter so yeah that's where you can find me chat it up Chat about AEW, chat about New Japan, the independence, whatever. Appreciate you, Brian. You know, I think this is my second. I think each year I do like probably two or three appearances on your show all year. So I think <laughs> I got one more rating for maybe later this year. So hopefully I can maybe cut a promo on you then. I hear you talking. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, make sure if you haven't done so, subscribe to the wrestling realm. Until the next time. I'm Brian H. Waters. Shout out to my cousin, Hypnosis on the Beat. So long, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Hit the subscribe button and turn on the bell so you get notified every time the Wrestling Realm posts new content.